Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie D- Cassie Gray, and I'm joined today by Rachel Thomas on our staff. Go and say hi, Rach. Hi, everybody. And today is World Mental Health Day. World Mental Health Day is to raise awareness of mental health issues and mobilize efforts to support mental health. So for our podcast today, we have a special guest, and you heard from her on our last show. And we're so excited to have her back. Um, Please welcome Allison Weatherford, who is a sports performance expert. She founded Athena Athlete, which is um, sports performance and injury prevention. And she's here to kind of continue our discussion this week to talk more about how some of the injuries that she's seeing and treating affect the mental health of our athletes. So welcome, Allison. Hi. Thank. Great to be here again and speak to both of you. Yeah, so excited to have you and and kind of continue our discussion from last time, which, um, you know, we didn't dive too far into the the mental side of injury, but I'd love to go more in that direction. And so get us started. Let's, um, you know, our our listeners, if you want to know more about what Allison does in a day to day and kind of learn more about that, go back to the last episode and listen in on that one first, and then come back here to, to continue the conversation. But, um, you know, last time we talked about some of the injuries that you're treating, but we didn't go into some of the the major trends you're seeing of what are some of the biggest injuries that you're seeing right now in the last year or two. Um, you want to go ahead and speak on that? Yeah, I mean, again, just with with my background as an athletic trainer and just the experiences that I've had in, in a lot of different areas, working with a lot of different sports and athletes, um, obviously the, the injury prevention and the injury management are a big component of that. But along the road, a lot of it does come more into that holistic athlete uh, uh movement moving forward with any of the situations, whether that's with performance or um, injury prevention, or definitely into that injury rehabilitation and management with athletes. And, And now in today's day and age, it definitely is getting to those younger and younger athletes, those club athletes that are trying to attain higher levels, but really taking into account more of a holistic view of the full athlete. What is their social, you know, environment? What is their, you know, family environment? What is their, you know, emotional status or mental status, as well as their physical um, and, you know, what's going on in school academically. So really kind of taking into that. And that's a lot of where as an athletic trainer, I guess, sometimes I consider us the the Swiss army knife of the sports world <laughs> in the fact that, you know, we have a knife on there, we have tweezers in there, you know, are they the best? Am I a physician, you know, performing the surgery for the injuries? No. Am I the psychologist? But a lot of times we are that front line that really does work with the athlete day in and day out and are a great resource to be able to connect a lot of those dots that we see in some of these athletes as we, you know, kind of go through their, the process with talking to them every day and checking in with them and seeing how they feel. Um, It's becoming more and more important to really recognize that. And, and today recognizing world mental health day that, 
as an area of injury, it can really be highlighted with an athlete with different injuries. Totally. And, you know, after our last episode with you, we stopped recording and we kept talking, um, Rachel and, and you and I kept talking and a little bit about Rachel's experience at Cal playing at UC Berkeley, where she had an ACL and she felt very um, isolated, right, Rachel? You were talking a little bit about going to, you know, PT and kind of being alone in there and go feel free to to touch on that, Rachel. I, my question is more around you know, is that like you're you're saying you're the front line kind of. So my question to you, Allison, is do you see that? But Rachel, why don't you give a little backstory before she answers that as to what I'm what I'm speaking on? Sure. Um, yeah, so I uh tore my ACL um about five games into my sophomore season. And um I also tore my medial meniscus. And so um waited a month and then had surgery. And, um, during that month I was, cause I'm all like, to me, sport, every sport and soccer, of course, was all about the team. Like I just love being on a team and that whole team aspect. So it was really hard, I think, especially for my personality, um, and where I was in my soccer development, because I came in freshman year as a, um, a walk-on, a recruited walk-on. And so I, with the vision of like, I could elevate my game in the first few years and get, you know, get there maybe for my upper years. And um, so I felt that coming into my sophomore year, I felt like I was at that D1 level and like, and then this happened. So that was like a big blow. And then the team aspect was a big blow. Um, and then the ice, so the isolation. And so I remember being at a practice between the injury and surgery, and I was just doing whatever I could to be part of the team. And so I, I went to shag balls in a shooting drill and I like rolled a ball back or threw a ball back and I twisted my knee and just like collapsed. And it, cause it was very painful. And I just, I remember that moment so vividly cause it just like hurt like so much deeply to the core of no, you're really hurt and you just have to stop. Cause I think there's just a lot of denial, you know, that goes into it. Um, like anything with when you first encounter it. And then because it was like that in limbo time, because I couldn't, I was doing prehab, which Allison, I'm sure you can talk a little bit about that or whatever at that, at this time, this was in 2001. So what we knew about ACLs at that time and females. So anyway, fast forward to having surgery and doing that. And then at home, I had surgery I'm from Northern California. So I went home to have surgery and I spent, I want to say like four or five days at home. And I was like determined to get back. And Cal is not necessarily the easiest place that Cassie, you know, it's on a hill. There's like, it's not an easy place to crutch around. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. um, and it was the fall and I remember like crutching and the leaves were wet and they would slip And when you're like, I really had to learn all these things. Anyway, I'm talking about details that aren't as important, but it just was like, I, I felt very isolated because of course I was the only person going through that experience, like, like that at that time, other people had gone through the experience. And I certainly really um, loved that. I had upperclassmen to talk to Um, actually the current um, doctor, sports medicine doctor at UC Berkeley, Dr. Amy Hockenbrock, also known as Whitey, um, had done a couple ACLs. I watched it happen to her and I watched her resilience coming back and her attitude. So that really like helped. And she was, um, you know, someone to look up to in that, that role, but it just was, 
you know, you didn't have someone experiencing it with you then. Whereas when you came in as a freshman and you're like learning, like, oh my gosh, and like, what is all this stuff and trying to manage it all, you had a little cohort with you, you know? And um, so that was really, really tough. Um, I had a very good relationship with the trainer who I did my rehab with. So I felt like I was at least in a positive environment that was very supportive, but, and not to um, his, you know, probably just not him. It wasn't a focus at the time of like checking in on like, how are you doing? But I remember coming back to Berkeley after having my surgery and in that apartment, my first night and just bawling, just bawling my eyes out, you know? So it was, it was just, it's just hard, you know? And so it's definitely a component because once you get your mindset in the right place, then you're like, okay, this, you lay out your goals and you do your things. But when you're early on, especially when your goals are like incremental, like you can bend your knee like this much more, a millimeter more, like, or whatever it is. It's like, oh my gosh. So you just have to reset the mindset for that that is the goal right now. And your body really needs to focus on healing and how can you best do that? And that's a lot of other things that we don't, we, we have to learn, you know? Yeah. I think that's um like your experience, Rachel, the reason I asked for you to share a lot of that is it's a fairly uh, common situation that's occurring. And if not now, since you went through it, like tenfold with girls at younger, like you were saying, Allison, younger and younger ages. And like you said, Rachel, there was no content or conversation around your mental health, how you were feeling about your injury. And Allison, you saying that you're the front lines on that, you know, what are you seeing how people are feeling about their injuries nowadays, now that there is a lot more information around some of the injuries that you're treating, but like, I don't know that the feelings change, right? So what do you think? No. And, and, you know, it's true that, that those feelings and those emotions are always there. And, and many times, you know, a lot of the athletes do feel like they're the only one because technically you're, you know, if you, if you really look at the big scheme of things, they are, you're a unique individual. You are, every injury is unique to that specific person, their surroundings, their environment, their support system. And so really treating that as a unique uh, situation and recognizing that for each individual athlete is really important. And with Rachel, one of the positive things that she said that she did have a good relationship with her athletic trainer, which really helped to support her to getting through that and finding that mindset to build those positive mental skills and recognizing that resilience and some of those small incremental goals along the way to really kind of maintain that positive mindset and that positive mental health perspective for the injury. Um, so yeah, a lot of athletes, they go through that full frustration, all of the emotions um, and and that loss of being a part of a team, their loss of the identity. So all of those things are normal um, and need to be recognized for athletes and addressed, I think, in a, in a way for education and awareness to help support them in that reframing of their mindset to really kind of help to support them. Because it can go south 
uh, with injuries, you know, and it doesn't necessarily matter what kind of an injury it is, whether that's it's an ankle fracture or an ACL injury or a concussion. Um, we do know that with girls in sports, you know, with concussion injuries, they're more prone to some of the emotional uh, aspects of a concussion and some of the mental aspects uh, and signs and symptoms of the concussion, which can make it more difficult um, for recovery and a longer recovery. Um, so recognizing some of those differences for girls versus boys, but at the same time, really understanding their environment and, and kind of reframing that thinking for them, um, with an educational, you know, perspective that they can kind of overcome that, that they will become and focus on that self-awareness, you know, building that resilience, as well as some of the personal skill development, those communication skills. How do I communicate to stay involved? How do I, you know, set my goals and and reframe my goal setting to be able to overcome this aspect of my career? Um, and it, it it is, you know, people may feel like it's different um, with an ACL injury because it is such a long period of time. But it can be for any, you know, athlete, uh, stress fracture that, you you know, it's four to six weeks. That's a long time for a girl to be separated, especially depending on where they're in the, at in their season, whether that's the championship, you know, time frame of the season, um, that it can really have a big effect. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's been um, uh, what one of my thoughts that came up when you were talking, which I know we didn't previously discussed this question, but I'm curious now, um, how much of your education in getting your degrees around sports performance and injury prevention and um, how, how, and being an athletic trainer, how much of your education is on helping girls with the mental side of injury? Is there any direct education piece on this? Because the reason I'm asking is you look at coaches and like, we equate a lot of coaching to teaching in the, in the classroom. And both teachers and coaches are not equipped to deal with some of the social emotional situations they're put in. So I'm just curious, are you? So educational wise, we do have a course in sports psychology um, or I did as, as well as, you know, again, that's why I kind of say we're the, we're the Swiss army knife of sports is that we have a little bit of information on that nutrition and how that can impact, uh, you know, injury recovery, as well as, you know, the mental health. We have a class in, in, uh, um, sports psychology. We have a class in biomechanics and, and recognizing that, um, we don't necessarily, um, focus all of what we have on that, but, um, you know, I'm not a, a psychologist. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a surgeon, but at the same time, recognizing and putting all of those people pieces together from that holistic perspective um, is really beneficial. I have moved forward and um, continue to educate myself with online education. It's definitely an area that I have focused on with a lot of my continuing education because of that interest and that um, you know, holistic athlete perspective, human first perspective for an athlete. But, um, and so I'm, I've done a lot of continuing education in the area. Um, I also am a teacher 
teaching uh, women in sport. So kind of recognizing some of those differences, but, um, and, and from there, I'm also a mental health first aid certified. So if you think of CPR first aid certification, it's CPR or mental health first aid certification of being able to, uh, you know, meet and address an athlete that is going through a mental health crisis, recognizing um, kind of some of those signs and symptoms, as well as recognizing and understanding that the resources that you may need to refer them to for higher level situations and conditions. Okay, that is so important, like so important. And one of my questions for that is, I mean, Rachel and I both have three kids and daughters. And um, I think as a parent, I get asked this a lot from friends and stuff is, you know, we, we often get the question, like, how much should we push and how much should we not push? But we also get the question is like, how much do you know if this is what they're going through feels normal or if this is severe when you're talking about mental health crises? And when we're thinking about the athlete and the holistic perspective, um, injury is where we see, I would say, and I'm not quoting data right now, but I would say injury is where we see the largest uptick in mental health issues within our sport when girls hit that. And I think what we talked about this in the last episode, the frustration around a lot of people wait until they have the injury to then educate themselves on the mental health side of things because they're finally going through it. What both of our organizations are trying to do is provide that education beforehand so that they have those tools in their toolbox. But I guess the question is leaning towards, you know, parents and coaches, like what, what are some things that you could tell a parent or a coach as to what, you know, how do you know if a kid is in, what are some of those things? Like if they are going through something more than just the adversity, hitting the adversity of having an injury and maybe more towards an actual mental health crisis that's in need of more clinical um, support. Um, again, mental health and, and those norms is all individual, but at the same time, if you look at data points, um, you're looking for some of those outliers, those that, that may go really low, you know, and, and kind of seclude themselves, go off onto their own, you know, actually kind of promote and increase that separation, from their coach, from their teammate, uh, you know, and, and just put in the, you know, go through the process. And then you're also looking for the higher end that it's like all or nothing for, you know, I am going, going, going. I am putting everything I have into this rehab. I'm pushing myself to get fat back faster than I should be. Um, so it's kind of those outliers on, both ends of the spectrum that that you really kind of want to recognize and and possibly look at referring to it again as a coach, um, you know, or as a parent. I actually had uh, someone the other day that was talking to me about an athlete, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I have one athlete that that is on top of it, you know, emails and connects and makes sure that they're doing everything properly." Um, and, and just really, really focused on, on that process and meeting those goals. And then I have another athlete that, um, is had, had, a, had a meeting and they're like, you know, how did this exercise go? Oh, well, not great. You know, and the coach in the, the situation was, um, it's okay. Take as long as you need, 
you know, don't worry about it, which is not always positive either, because that is kind of in, in the athlete's eyes going, well, you don't actually need me back. So I'm just, you know, when the athlete may already be feeling like, I don't feel like I'm going to ever get back to where I was to start. I'm lost my starting spot. I've lost my playing spot, my roster spot. Um, you know, the coach isn't asking me about my, um, exercises or my progress and how much longer I may have, or, you know, the, so they're, and then they continue to disconnect and separate themselves and kind of go lower into that seclusion versus really, you know, taking an interest. Hey, what exercises worked for you today? How many are you doing? What's the progress and and where are we looking to get to next week? You know, really that involvement and that interest in the athlete goes a long way um, to really help support that, you know, mentality and that mental health. Um, but really recognizing those outliers on both ends um, it may be difficult as a parent because you don't see your athlete feeling like that, especially when they go really low, when they get injured that, you know, I mean, I have athletes with, you know, an ankle sprain or an ankle fracture, and I've seen hundreds of them um, and it's their first time. So they're like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing in the world that could ever happen, you know, to my poor child. Um, and you recognize in the, as an athletic trainer and the profession, like they're going to be okay. Like, you know, we'll go through the process and go through this and boom, boom, boom. Um, but for the parent, sometimes they're too close to recognizing that athlete. Sorry. Uh, um, and their emotions and everything that they have involved with, um, you sport and their life and their family that, that sometimes, you know, they don't recognize and understand that they are still in that middle ground. We just need to keep them involved. We need to teach them the skills. We need to teach them like we discussed about in the last um, podcast was teach them some of that accountability for themselves. And that really gives them a little bit of control over their outcome and control over their mental health and um, everything like that. So I think control is like such a big piece of this. It's because they feel like they've lost all control, right? When they have an injury. And like you said, a lot of the issues we see on our side, we have parents who reach out and they don't know how to help. They don't know what to do to support. They go to the coach thinking, well, this is a soccer thing. Like I can't do anything. And then the coach has zero um, connection to the injury because they don't have the education background to know what to do either. Unless you're at a club where there is a sports performance person, but even then, because it's youth soccer, for example, there's one for 1500 kids, you're not going to get that kind of attention. And I know recently somebody reached out to us and their daughter had their second ACL within like nine months or something. And uh, she was a goalkeeper and, you know, they just immediately removed her off the roster and didn't even communicate anything to her. The mom was just heartbroken. You, you put all your money, your time, your effort, your life goes into some of these soccer clubs and, and to be treated that way. When I see both sides where I'm sort of like, part of it is the club and the coaches aren't educated to know what to do. Part of it is there isn't a ton of funding for 
multiple sports performance people. They're they're not uh, looking at the holistic view of the player, like you're saying. And then they often don't value somebody to come in and talk about the mental health. So it just kind of gets, you know, pushed to the wayside. And um, I get with, I mean, you work primarily with um, the highest level athletes. I know you're at least in soccer with the youth national teams. Um, uh, you're usually in San Diego, right, at Chula Vista. Um, those types of training centers, so you have everything at your disposal. Um, even then, do you feel like you see some of what I'm talking about where a parent is sort of lost on how to support um, even though you're at a place or you're dealing with like the highest level players, like I know you've talked about Melanie Versanis and um, Chloe Ricketts and some of those younger girls um, going into either the college or the pro soccer realm, like are, are even those types of parents lost when these things happen? A lot of times, yes, because because they've they've all they've been through the system, they've succeeded and excelled within the system, um, but yet they haven't. You know, a lot of times when it's an injury, especially with a significant injury, um, such as with Rachel with an ACL, that that is their first major injury, and they're they do have those questions of where do I go? Where do I turn? Who do I, who do I connect with? Um, and so, yeah, I, I've worked with camps and with a lot of these athletes just, you know, in, in a short period setting, I also work online with a lot of girls and, and just making that connection via a zoom call or whatever that may be to help with that education for both the player and the parent, um, as to, what resources are available? What should they focus on versus possibly not focus on, you know, and, and recognizing kind of some of those, where do we need to really get additional help um, with within that process with everything? Um, I think it's one of those things, obviously, you know, having girls um, and teenage girls that you're starting to recognize, you know, as parents, that there are is a whole realm of emotions and a lot of them are normal. Right. Um, but not necessarily recognizing and understanding when it's not normal, how, when does it become not normal? And we, and as mental health awareness and mental health awareness day that we really need to recognize that mental health is not one or the other, that there are ups and downs, just like with our own physical health, you know, some days we have a sore hamstring or some days, you know, you know, we're, we're feeling a little bit faster, uh, than, than other days. Some days, you know, we've got that touch on the ball and able to, you know, make those passes and, and shoot that goal without any problems versus other days that may be feeling a little bit slower or, a little bit sore, a little bit more tired. Um, and a lot of those come into that with the sleep that you got the night before or the nutrition, but also part of that is the mental health. We have ups and downs. We have a whole realm of emotions that we need to recognize and educate athletes on. Um, we have good days and bad days physically, mm -hmm. mentally, and emotionally, and really recognizing that. And I think bringing some awareness to it, that it's okay to reach out and connect with somebody that may have more information on that and 
if this is really a problem or not, or how can I work to overcome this, um, whether it's an injury or just day in and day out um, with training. So I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of athletes are strong. Um, we have a lot of strong girls in today's environment, um, which is all very positive. But at the same time, we've also been taught to kind of power through and push through some of this um, aspect and, and that we are strong and that we are resilient and we just need to keep going. Um, but at the same time, you know, kind of recognizing that we can ask for help. We can ask for, you know, more information and more awareness or, you know, some of the tools and, you know, tricks to the trade to be able to recognize a lot of this. Um, so, Absolutely. and it's been brought out more so today with that recognition of mental health and mental health awareness, obviously with the World Cup, with, uh, you know, the Stanford athletes really recognizing their past teammate and highlighting that as part of the World Cup with Naomi Gurma and Sophia Smith, really trying to bring some more awareness to mental health and the, you know, challenges time management, you know, everything that is put on them, that um, those high level of expectations that that can have an effect on that mental health on, you know, a daily basis. Yeah, it's so it's these kinds of days, World, World Mental Health Day is it's so important. And at the same time, it gets me all fired up a lot of the time because we're just not where I want us to be yet, you know, in this, in the realm of mental health and, and self-awareness. I think that's what it comes down to for us. That's the biggest part of what we teach. I don't think that you need to be an expert and a psychologist, sports psychologist, that you need to be working with somebody at that level all the time. It's you need to learn how to be self-aware and self-awareness is uh, a basic skill that you can learn on your own. You can reach out to organizations like ours where we're promoting that, like yours with Athena Athlete. And once players are self-aware, they're more in tune with where they're at. Just like you were saying, it's just like physical health. You're in tune when you know that you're sore one day and you know you need to stretch. You know, you're in tune with the fact that, um, you know, you got a headache, you need to maybe drink more water or you didn't sleep well last night. Like you're, you're often in tune with your body but we're not always in tune with our emotions and how they're affecting us. And especially those injuries are, are some of the biggest areas within sport. I can't tell you how many, how much of our mentorship program is spent talking about, you know, the mental health around injury and um, getting through that and how to balance and how to move past it. And it, it's such a big part of what we do. And so we're so grateful to have somebody like you, who's an expert on this, who, um, knows so much of the data and and can point people in so many different directions for resources. And like you mentioned with Naomi Gurma, there are so many great websites out there. Um, Naomi was working with uh, Common Goal. I would look them up if you're listening to this podcast. Look up Hidden Opponent. Um, look up uh, what are some other ones for you that you feel like people should research and, and learn more about? Do you have any other sites? Um, I followed like the, the injury, uh, psychologist, um, has some great, uh, posts on, on, um, 
Instagram and uh, just just a lot of good information. Really, it is looking at some of those information, you know, just looking some of those, even even if it is just a, a, a daily positive message. Um, and that's why, obviously, with female footballers, it's such a great resource to have those mentors. Um, and like Rachel was saying during her time and injury that a lot of these weren't really well-known components for an injury rehabilitation, but, but having that mentorship and she was able to look up to somebody else that, that was going through it and kind of persevering and really having that. So you don't feel like you're all by yourself. So that's why having that, that mentorship, that connection, and whether that's, you know, from, from the very start, maybe meeting once a week, and, and just checking in on them. And then, you know, from there, as, as they get further along, maybe it's just a once a month, you know, as they're learning those skills and, and having that um, connection that, that they know somebody else out there understands what they're going through and, and is able to kind of help support them with that. Um, and I think obviously with, with female footballers, that's what you guys are looking at is really helping to support a lot of these girls that are, that are going through this journey. Um, whether it's, you know, just that playing path, you know, and that, that, uh, path line through, through the, journey of being a soccer player or when they hit those bumps in the road, um, whether it's not making a team and having that disappointment or missing a big shot um, and having that component of failure, um, or as we've talked about that, that really that bigger block of sustaining an injury um, and how we overcome and move on from all of these different small, medium, large setbacks within our career. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just, there's so many aspects of it, but on a day like today, I think like, I just so grateful that we can chat about this and, um, you know, all of both of your organization, Athena athlete ours, there's so many others out there doing the work, um, to help and support athletes in today's space. And I wish that's something that Rachel and I talk about in our organization. We wish we had this kind of um, these avenues when we were players. So if you're a player listening or a parent, there's a lot out there that you can access. It does. Usually you do have to do your homework. You do have to do the research. It's not as readily available as I think it should be. And that there aren't enough supports within the youth um, competitive space. Um, and hopefully that changes over the next few years, but it takes a lot of people doing the work like Allison to get it in front of people so that we highlight it more and, um, and make a bigger deal about the need for it. So um, I'm so grateful that you came on again today and that we could talk about all of this. And with World Mental Health Day, you guys, um, right now, we if you're local to the Bay Area, we have a soccer and mental skills clinic coming up on October 20th at PayPal Park with the San Jose Earthquakes. And just today, today only, um, October 10th, World Mental Health Day, we are dropping the price by $45 with the coupon code WMH2023. If you register with that coupon code today, you can get $45 off our clinic coming up. So check that out. Um, and then Allison, how can everybody get a hold of you and learn more about what you do and to access some of those resources you talked about? How can they find you? 
Um, one, you can just go straight to my website, athena-athlete.com and, uh, connect with me through there. Just send me an email. Um, happy to connect. Even if it's just a quick answer, I will happy to, uh, be able to get back to you and to, to share information, uh, resources and anything that I may be able to help offer that. You can also connect through the female footballers website, um, with my link through there to my website. And, um, like I said, yeah, happy to just kind of meet and, uh, find out more about what you're looking for and how, how we can all help, uh, that next generation of athlete kind of continue to stay involved in sports and, and, uh, really persevere and, and become strong, independent, healthy, uh, women for, leadership you know as we move forward absolutely rachel any other thoughts you want to add no i just want to say thanks to allison um and uh i i really liked hearing your insights uh from your perspective you know cassie and i coming from the educator perspective um and you coming from that you know front line with these high level elite athletes in particular i think is really great insight um, for what that's looking like currently, because a training room is very different than it was when I, I mean, not very different, but you know what I mean? There have been some changes and un understandings of this holistic approach that, um, have made, made the, um, environment, you know, obviously better for the athlete, but, um, so it's great to have your insights. Yeah. Thank you so much. So everybody check out athena-athlete.com and thank you so much, Allison, for joining us for world mental health day. Um, and hopefully we'll have you on again in the future and, and maybe get some of our other strategic partners on. We can all chat more in depth on this kind of stuff too. So thank you so much for coming today. Yeah. Thank you very much. Love having the conversation, you know, and, and always willing to help share information and, you know, support girls in sports and, and their journey for, for what they have going on with, with everything in their lives. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Um, go ahead and check out that clinic I mentioned October 20th with coupon code WMH2023 on our website and um, have a great rest of your World Mental Health Day.